you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord today. What an amazing God we serve. And I want you to know you're not here by accident, but you're here by divine appointment. God has something that he wants to speak in your life today. And we're just praying that all minds, all hearts are open to receive what God has in store for you. We continue our sermon series on God lies. I feel like every time I need to explain when I say God lies. We're not saying that God tells lies. What we're actually saying is, is that we as human beings, we as believers many times tell God lies. In other words, we'll say something is in the scripture, something from the word of God, something that God said to us. The problem is, well, it's not the word of God. And it's not in the scriptures. And it's not what he said. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing some some God lies with you, hoping to to help you some with the word, to help you some to understand that you got to speak the truth when it comes to God's word. Today, though, I'm going to do something a little different. The last two lies that I told you about were straight out, flat out, not in the word of God. Flat out, I told you they're not there. The sentiment... The idea, it may be there, but the actual words that I said, last uh, time I preached, I talked about God works in mysterious ways. 76% of all believers believe that that's true. That's in the Word of God. Well, it doesn't say that in the Word of God. The sentiment's there. The idea may be there, but it's not there. We, the first week, talked about how, well, God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's not in the scriptures either. Again, not that the idea is not in the word. It is. In fact, you go look in James, it tells us that, you know, faith without works is dead. But today, I'm going to share with you something that is in the word, but many times when we quote it, we don't quote all of it. Because of that, it's misinterpreted, misunderstood. Because of that, it'll get us in trouble sometimes as believers. And what we have to do is come to the realization that we've got to know all the word, the the verse before and the verse after, the chapter before and the chapter after. Because if we will know the word of God and apply the word of God, it is powerful in our lives. So let me share with you today what that is. All things work together for good. Well, pastor, that's in the Word of God. It is. That is actually in the Scriptures. In fact, if you'll turn today with me to Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 28, we're going to find that. All things work together for good. How many of you ever heard that before? How many of you quoted that before? Yeah. 
Listen, I've quoted it. I've said it. But to really understand the passage, you've got to read all the verse. Because if you do not, then when some things don't happen in your life like you think it should, well, you're going to go back and get mad with the word. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and they go and tell somebody else part of the conversation but leave out some of the details? (laughs) Pastor John said he was going to give me his car. Yeah, if you're going to give me how much it is worth, yeah. You, you missed the rest of the conversation. I, I, I'll give you my car for if you'll pay me how much it's worth. I ain't just ain't going to give you the car. In fact, how many squabbles, arguments, split friendships? How many things have happened because someone went and told part of the conversation but didn't give all the conversation? And because they did, it caused problems. So it is with the Word of God. If you don't give all the word, if you don't speak it all, you don't understand it all. So look with me today at Romans chapter 8, beginning of verse 28. Let me read this to you. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this service today without knowing your love, your grace, your kindness, your goodness. I speak it today over this house that we may leave experiencing God's wonderful love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and we ask. Amen and amen. If you look here, Paul at the beginning says, and we know. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're hinting, you're trying to make them understand, you're trying to express to them something, you're like, you know what I'm talking about. You you, you know what I'm saying. You ever done that before? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. See, that's a little bit what Paul, the author, the writer here is trying to do. He, in essence, is trying to say, and we know. To really understand the word know here, you got to look it up in the Greek. And in the Greek, it means to be aware, to consider, to perceive, to be sure. Here's the one that's really important, to understand. In essence, if Paul already realizes that this scripture will probably be misinterpreted, twisted and turned around, that Paul really understands that what I'm about to say, let's stop, let's understand, let's grasp the whole truth before you begin to twist and turn it to fit you. Now, what he says is this, and let's read it again. And we know that in all things, 
God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Here's the three little things that I want to share with you today. The first one is this. To know his good, you have to know what good is. To know his good, you must know what good is. Again, remember he said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. Now, let me tell you how we interpret this many times. In all things, God works everything out for my good. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. In fact, that's probably the way you've spoken it. In all things, I just robbed this bank and God worked it out for me to get my, my, my money. He worked it out for my good. You know, this, this relationship I'm in, you know, let, let's be honest. She's really not a Christian. She's not a, a good follower of Christ. But you know what? God's going to work it out for my good that this relationship go well. You know what? I'm mad and I'm angry. And I'm just going to slap this person upside the head. But you know what? God's going to work it out for my good. Because this time, this time I'm going to be able to take him out. One slap will do the job. See, what we do many times is we'll take the Scripture, and right here is one of the, and listen, I think probably every Christian, there's, there's probably a few Scriptures that all of us know, even if we're not, let's say, a, a deep theologian, like, no, I'm not going to say me, because I'm not a deep theologian. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. We all know that one. But this is probably the other one that all of us have in our back pocket. That when we've done something, we do something, or something happens, we pull it out. Well, you know, all things work for the good. But what we're really saying is, is all things work for my good. See, we have to realize that's not exactly what God is saying. First, he doesn't say all things are going to be good. How many realize, if you haven't yet, maybe you've had a perfect life and everything has been hunky-dory and everything's going well and wonderful. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Because if it is you, I want to meet with you at your service and I want to find out your secret. Maybe I'm going to, you know, prick and get a little blood out of you and I'm going to do something with it and get it in my system that maybe I now will be perfect just like you're perfect. God isn't saying that all things are going to be good. I think we've already realized that. All things aren't. We just got on the other side of a pandemic. And there probably weren't many times in the middle of that pandemic that we're saying, it's good. It's, it's, it's good. Good. It's good. See, the first thing we must realize is as men and women of God, we still consider Jesus to be our Santa Claus. That everything's going to be great and everything's going to be wonderful. And Paul is saying, that's not what I'm speaking here. I'm not saying everything's going to be great. I'm not saying everything's going to be good. I'm not saying everything's going to be hunky-dory. That's not what he means. See, in all things, God works for the good. What is the good? His good. His plan. His purpose. His will. For the kingdom, and yes, also for you. It's also for you. Did some of you ever discipline your children? I did. Now, don't get mad at me for some of you that are timeout people. That's wonderful. 
I just beat my kids. It worked wonderful for me. It just, it did. But I never did it out of fun. I never did it because I really wanted to. I never wanted my kids to do things that were going to hurt them or harm them, so I had to protect them, and, and that's how I would discipline them sometimes. And the, the reason I say that, because you need to understand that even when God is not only working for the good, the purpose, the plan, the will for the kingdom, God is also working for the good for your life. That's why when you wanted to date that guy we talked about earlier and he, he wasn't a Christian, he wasn't a believer, and you met him in a place you shouldn't have met him, and he just wasn't that good. And, and finally, God, some way, somehow, got him out of your life, and you were bitter, and you were upset. And God, why did you take him out of my life? And God's going, because he's a jerk. He's my child, and I know what he's like. He wasn't good for you. And see, there are things that God will, will take away. There are some guys that, things that God will take out, because it is not for your pleasure good, it is for your future good that God does certain things within our lives. See, God is working everything for the good. What good? His good for the purpose of his kingdom. How many know that we got saved, that we joined another place? It's called the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. We became citizens and, and with that citizenship comes rights. With that citizenship comes certain things that God wants to do in our life. With that citizenship comes things that you would have never thought of or believed that you could have done prior to, but because now you are a child of God, he can do in your life. Now, let me say this. I'm not speaking perfection again. All of us will sin and fail and make mistakes. All of us will fall short of the glory of God. All of us will do things that, that we've got to repent and ask God to forgive us and, and get on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry. Listen, let me speak to you today. This church is not a church for the perfect people. And, and if you're new today and say, well, I, I wanted to find a church with a bunch of perfect people. Just, let me just real quick, look to the person to the right or to the left. Yeah, I'm just telling you, I know them. They're not. They're not perfect. They make mistakes. They got issues in their life. And can I speak something right now? The one you're looking up on stage is probably one of the top ones. Just tell you right now, amen? Is that, is that all right? So I, I say that to you because I, I want you to understand that even in the process of going to God's good, it doesn't mean you won't stumble and fall. Even on the way to God's good, it doesn't mean that you won't have to ask for forgiveness or repent. On the way to God's good, let's just say it, you will do stupid stuff, but God on the way to his good will lift you up, dust you off, clean you up, and put you back on track if you allow him, if you're willing to, to follow him. See, and it's not just for his good, it's also your good. If somebody ever told you, well, this is for your good, do you ever like that? You know, my, my, growing up, I ate lima beans all the time. Everybody eat lima beans. The only way lima beans were good were one way. We put ketchup in them. Shut your mouth. Don't you judge me. That's how we ate it because as a kid, we didn't like them. So that's how we put ketchup in there, and it killed the taste of the lima beans. And, and mom, we'd always say, Mom, we don't like lima beans. It's for your good. See, nothing ever seems to come good after it says, for your good. 
But how many know that God speaks that over us many times? You may not understand. You can't wrap your mind around it. You don't see it yet. You don't understand it yet. But God says, I want you to know that it is for your good. I want to bless you. I want to take care of you. I want to watch out for you. I want to clear out the path before you. And I'm going to do what it takes. Sometimes God's going to do what is good for us even when we don't like what is good for us. And you've got to say, okay, God, I got it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I'm trusting you, God. I'm believing in you, God. I'm going to follow you, Lord. Where you lead, I'll go. I'll follow you to the ends of the earth because you are my God and my Savior and my Lord. Here's number two. To know his good, he wants to know your love. To know his good, he wants to know your love. I'll be sometimes with people and that don't know me and I've just heard their previous conversation or know what they just did and, and then they'll talk about something bad that just happened in their life. and Well, you know God's just working all for your good. Not if you're not living for God. Not if you're not searching the Lord. See, listen to what he says. And we know that in all things, God works the good for what? Of those who love him. See, don't call up your child who doesn't know Jesus, ain't following God, and when something bad happens in their life, say, oh, well, God's just going to work it for your good. Or when they're in the middle of something that they shouldn't be doing and saying, hey, it's all right, God's going to work it for your good. You're telling a lie, a mistruth, a misunderstanding. What you need to say to them, listen, if you want God to take care of this situation, and he can, if you want God to fix what you're in the middle of, which he will, you've got to begin to be a, a child of God that loves him, that chooses to live for him. What does it mean to love God? Tells in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to be whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. Can I tell you today, we love God because he first loved us. Not because we were lovable. I know some of you, you're not very lovable. He didn't love us because we were lovable or worthy of his love. He loved us because we are his children, his child, his daughter, his son. He loves us today despite our past, despite our failures, despite all of our mistakes. God loves us today because he is our God. But if we want God's good to be done in our lives, then we must love God. What does it mean to love God? How do we love him? With all our heart, mind, and soul. I don't know about you, but I think that means we love him with everything we got. That he is the most important thing in our life. That we're striving to please him. Say, God, I love you. I love you with everything that is inside of me. I love you because you're my Lord. I love you because you died upon a cross for me. I love you. You've got to decide in your life that with everything that is in my heart, my mind, my soul. See, my thoughts, when he talks about that love with all my mind, I have to choose. How many know that love is a choice sometimes? You know, all you romantics that say, well, I love my spouse no matter what. There are days you don't love them, just be honest. True. Somebody just said true out loud. I hope your spouse ain't here. 
are some days that you don't love them, but you, you choose to love them. I mean, my, my wife a while back got a little bit fight, and that day I didn't love her too much, but I chose to still love her. See, you got to make a choice in your mind. you got to choose to love God no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's transpiring in your life. you got to choose to love God. But I love my heart too. With all my heart, what does that mean? That God is on top of the totem pole of love in your life. Amen? Well, no, my, my spouse is no. My God is. I always say it like this. This is how life goes. It's God first. Amen? Family second. Ministry third. Job fourth and on down the line. Paul said it this way. He said it's better not to marry. You know why? He said because when you do, family has to move up the totem pole. Now it's God, family, then ministry. Paul said, I'd rather just not marry. I'd rather be loving God and doing his ministry. Now please do me a favor. I am not telling you not to marry. Because Paul went on to say it best. He said it's better to marry than to burn. And I think that we don't need to go any further with that conversation. We just need to stop right there. This is not a night for relationship study. This is a night that we're going to love on God. But we're going to make a decision. First with our mind, we're going to choose to love him. Then with our heart, we're going to choose to love him. And our soul, listen, there's three parts of who you are. There's the flesh, there's the spirit, and there's the soul. You're made of those three things. The spirit is what connects you to God. The flesh is what connects you to the world. And the soul is what makes your mind, your thoughts, and all of that. And your soul is in a constant battle between do I choose God, do I choose the world? Do I choose flesh, or do I choose the spirit? Do I choose to do what will please God or what will please my carnal nature? That's constantly going on. And in essence, Jesus addresses it. How are you going to love me? With your soul, with your heart, and with your mind. In other words, with everything you've got. If you want God's good to be done in your life, it's not just enough to say, well, he'll do the good. No, God says, you've got to love me. Because I want to say this also, to love God. How do we love him? By keeping his commands. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, advocate to help you and be with you forever. Another way you love God is this. You follow his commands. It's like I get married and then do nothing my wife asks. I'm not taking out the trash. I'm not taking you on a date. I ain't going to try to help clean the house. No, I ain't going to kiss you. No, we're not going to hang out and watch TV together. Then why in the world are we getting married? I don't know, but hey, it's worth a try. Do you know we do the same thing with God? We get saved and we stop there. But God said, if you're going to love me, then you need to understand with that love comes commands. Not that my love is dependent upon you follow my commands, because again, God knows us, and he knows we're going to falter and fail sometimes. But on the same token, God wants you to understand, if you want the good to be done in your life, then you must do what God calls you to do. You must adhere to his commands so that God can do the good in your life. How do we love God? By being obedient. How do we love God? By loving others. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love and does not know God, for God is love. If you're out there today and you're just a bitter, mean, jerky person, God has not called you to be that way. If you want good, the good, to be done in your life, then you've got to start loving others. With love, others means forgiveness. With loving others means helping others. With loving others means being there in their time of need. That's what love means. And if you want the good to be done in your life, it doesn't just happen. You've got to love God. Number three, to know his good, you must know you're called. To know his good, you must know you're called. Listen to what he says. Who have been called according to his purpose. See, first of all, to, to know God's good, in essence, we got to know what good is. To know God's good and what it is that he wants us to love him. But to know God's good, listen to what he says, and I want to say it again. Who have been called according to his purpose. Remember the last love that I shared with you? It was obedience. That if we love God, then we will be obedient to God. See, for every one of us sitting in this service today, there's a call on your life. For me, I'm called to be a pastor, to lead, to preach. That's God's call on my life. And if I want to be in the good, I must be walking in the call. Why? It's obedience. I share this and many times it shocks people. We have this idea that when we go to heaven that we're going to sit down in a chair and let God show us all the good and all the bad we did. God's not going to do that. In fact, to let you know, when you've sinned against God and you've asked God to forgive you, God doesn't remember your sins anymore. What? Yeah. See, the Bible says it this way. That when we repent, God takes our sins and throws them as far as from the east as to the west. The Bible says he throws them to the depths of the sea, never to remember them again. But one thing we will, though, be judged on in heaven will be our works. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible says my works are filthy rags to get into heaven to get into heaven. You know, if I were to go to a show, a concert, the John Leggett Superstar Rock concert, I could sing. The other day we were at the house, the kids come over, we're in the backyard. We got that little Alexa thing and all of them were, all the kids were singing their songs and I decided to sing some of my songs. I said, Alexa, Throw some credence on there. Don't you judge me. 
I like some credence now. I like Christian music better, but he's a little Christian somewhere down deep, deep inside. I actually like also some credence clear water. Anybody like any credence clear water? I like some credence clear water too. But let's say you come to one of John Leggett rock star concerts. I would have it on a long hair wig because I grew up in the 80s. Now you got a ticket to get in. But once you got in, you sort of making your way to the back because you want to go backstage. But somebody going to stop you as you try to go backstage. Because you got a ticket to get into the concert, but you didn't get a ticket to get into the back of the concert. See, some of us, here's the thing. We've got a ticket for God's grace to make it into heaven. But there's abundance of blessings that God wants to do in your life, the good that you won't get on this side of glory if you're not doing God's will for your life. See, God is a what if God. You do this, God does that. You're obedient, God blesses. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not giving you a license to sin. Don't sin. You shouldn't sin. It blocks you too. But he's right here very specific to say there's two ways that you step into the good. You love God. And you step into your call. The called. All things work for the good. That's where we're stopped. But see, that becomes a God lie. Although it is scriptural, although it is in the Bible, if you don't finish it, then you're living life mad at God because things don't seem to be working out for you. But they're not working out because you think you can just do what you want to do and God says, oh, well, I'll just make it work for their good. They robbed that bank. I'll just make it where it'll be all right. God is saying that's not how it works. God has a plan for your life. And whatever that plan is, he said, if you will step into it, if you will do the call on your life, the purpose that I've ordained you for, if you will submit to my will, God says, then I will let you step into the good. And with that good comes blessings, protection, joy, peace, a new understanding of who God is. See, it's not all things work for your good. All things work for the good. For those who love Him and are called to His purpose. We want to thank you so much for joining us for our service today. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Before we let you go today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And over 2,000 years ago, God the Father gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon a cross for you. That through His death, you would have eternal life. And through the shedding of His blood, you would have forgiveness of all your sins of past, present, and even future. So if you're watching right now, and you're right now living in a life of shame, sadness, and sin, I want to introduce you to my Savior. 
All you have to do today to be saved is first admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that He is the Son of the living God, died upon a cross for you, rose on the third day, and lives forevermore at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. And with your mouth, confess the Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. See, if you're watching right now, and as I'm saying these words, it's touching something in your heart, and you say, today, I want to give my heart life to Christ, then I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me my sins in all of my ways. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. I repent of my ways, and I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. If you just said that prayer with me, I want you to know that you are a child of God. Your sins have been washed away. You're a new creation, the Bible says, and eternity with Christ is your reward. Do us a favor. If you gave your heart and life to Christ today, please let us know in the comments or reach out to the church, and we would like to tell you your next steps in following Christ Jesus. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you guys for joining us here at Compassion Church Online. If God has done anything amazing in your life, a story that you want to share, make sure that you comment below and let us know. We hope that you guys have a great week and we'll see you here next weekend. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.